the charism is so valuable that it was worth me leaving everything behind and going to another country and, and committing my life to it. And I saw the, the difference it made in the lives of the, of the children. So I guess through his example, his, his advice was this charism is something precious. And if you have this vocation, it's worthwhile to embrace it, uh, no matter what the cost is. Welcome back, everybody, to Valdoko. I'm Vicky. And I'm Father Steve. And today we have <laughs> our guest, who is... Deacon Brandon. Deacon Brandon, welcome. So here we are in the, in the House of Formation in Orange, New Jersey. And uh, yeah, Deacon Brandon, Vicky, and I, ready to have another conversation about this year, this season of of being present this whole season of uh of Valdoco podcast is really on presence and people who were present in our lives and had some sort of impact um and how important that is that was for don bosco you know, don bosco was intensely present with people with young people with people that he met and uh, his presence had, had had an effect and led people in the right direction and, and led people towards this uh journey becoming saints and live the spiritual life and so just present and how present our God is and how important it is for people to be present in our life. So just trying to explore stories of that, bringing on different members of the Slesian family and uh, hearing their stories about people who were present to them in their lives. So here we have Deacon Brandon. So Deacon, just, maybe you can just first start off with some background, background information of who you are, where you're from. Like sure. So I'm originally from Toronto, Canada. I started initial formation with the Salesians back in 2013 as a candidate in the St. Benedict community in Toronto. Uh, after that, I came to the United States. I was supposed to be here for five years of formation and then go to Israel, but that didn't work out. So uh, here I am in my ninth year in the United States, um, going back and forth from visa to visa. And, and I always joke and say that ICE is going to come looking for me soon if I don't go back home. <laughs> and you're, but you're a deacon now? And so studying towards the priesthood, do you know when that day is supposed to be, God willing, the ordination towards priest, the priesthood? Uh, well, I think, I think it's going to be in June of next year, God willing. Um, but we'll see. I'm just taking things day by day. Amen. Oh. Any questions for you? I don't know. I don't know you're from Toronto. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea. I was just, uh, just there. Um, and I made the mistake of saying Toronto. Yes. And very quickly I was corrected. So... I say that's that good. too, just because I'm a snob. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Good to know. Good to know. Good to know. So that's what happened. Yeah. Yes. So that's awesome. So good. Most welcome. And now, yeah, if we could just uh, hear your story about the person or people who kind of were present to you in, in your life. Uh, sure. So uh, when you proposed this theme to me, the person I thought about immediately was my first director, Father John Pantino. Uh, he was my director when I was a candidate and for most of my pre in Toronto. Um, I think about all of the ways that he was present. Uh, first of all, to the confreres, he was always at prayer, not only present physically, but you could see that he was he was fully present in the chapel, fully immersed in prayer. He was always very deliberate uh, when when leading the liturgy of the hours and when intoning the psalms. And I could see that he really put a lot of care into leading liturgy, into celebrating the mass as well. I also think about how he was always present at table um, and always interested in his confreres and, in, and fully immersed in the conversation as well. I think about some of the jokes uh, that he used to tell at table and how uh, he was always the one to laugh loudest at his own jokes. And I always found that to be an endearing trait about him. And he would, he would uh, tell a joke and then roar with laughter and his face would turn red. And I think uh, sometimes even if the joke wasn't that funny, we would all laugh because we were laughing at, at his laughter. <laughs> but some of his jokes were, were quite funny. Um, I think about the way also he was present to the young. 
I spent a couple summers uh, at the uh, Summer Days Camp in Toronto. And I just remember him uh, always, I think it was uh, plastic lace that he used to walk around with. And I guess because he's, he's kind of a shy, reserved person, uh, walking around with the plastic lace kind of give him something to do with his hands. And then it also led to conversations with young people. And I just remember him, even as, as director and having a lot of responsibilities, always making time to be, be present to the young throughout the day and to the staff of the camp. And so I, I learned a lot from his example. Some ways that he was present to me was that he was always uh, available if I ever needed to talk to him about anything, uh, to ask questions. Whenever I, I met with him, for any Randy Kanto, I could I could always tell that he was listening uh, through his through his body language, through his eye contact, that that he really did care about me and about my vocation. He was also very present to my family, which is something I appreciated very much because during the time of my candidacy in Prenovishit, um, my family was not very active in the church. Um, they're they're starting to get there now and make some progress, but uh, a lot of that has to do with Father John's outreach to them, his presence to them. I think about the, the couple times that he came over to my house and, and shared meals with us, and, and that meant so much to me. Having a priest over at the house, uh, someone who really took Jesus' words and put it into practice of, of leaving the flock, the 99, and going out to seek those uh, who, who were, in a certain sense, lost. Not, not saying that my family is, is lost, but saying that uh, they're not fully integrated into the practice of the faith. And he really developed uh, a great relationship with both of my parents, especially with my mother, and he continues to talk to her uh, occasionally, even to this day, even now that he's in California. Um, even He was even very patient and present uh, to my dog. He was, <laughs> he was, he was really crazy. My, my dog was a Cocker Spaniel. He, pa he passed away when I was in practical training. But whenever guests would come over, he would just go wild. And then uh, some, sometimes he would even urinate a little bit. And, <laughs> Uh, out of excitement, yeah. and Father John was always just so patient and so affectionate with uh, with my dog <laughs> Benito. Uh, so I I really appreciated all the ways that uh, Father John Pontino was present to me, and I continue to to treasure those memories and to try to live by that example to this day. Yeah, beautiful. Okay, first, just the very like beautiful way that you're like laying it all out there, but then just. <laughs> Just the dogs. Yeah, yeah. Just happens, right? That's so good. Um, do you see, um, I guess through the years, right? And then through your formation, like are there ways that you've integrated what you've seen, what you saw from him, what you experienced from him in your, I guess, encounter with other people? Not just young people, but I mean, you guys interact with everyone. Uh, yes. Uh, just the idea of being very intentional about prayer. And right now I assist at the liturgy as a deacon, but God willing, starting next year, I'll start celebrating. And I really look at him as, as the celebrant par excellence mm -hmm. out of all the people that I, I encountered. So I plan to put, to put that into practice, to, to really study the liturgy, to, to fully um, enter into it whenever I, I pray it or celebrate it. Yeah, because there's, I mean, one of the things you said in the beginning was uh, that he wasn't just physically present. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's something that is a great gift of grace, but also practice, you know, to have the discipline of listening, to have the discipline of really being not just physically present, but spiritually present and emotionally present and just really listening with the way that you look at this person, the way that you listen and respond and the way that you pray. Obviously, Don Bosco had that gift. You know, the fact that he, people used to say that everybody thought that they were his best friend. You know, like Don Bosco 
every young person thought that they were the best, that they were the most important, that they were the, the closest friend of Don Bosco because he had this great gift of just being present and listening and knowing people. That's something that, uh, okay, it's grace, gifts, but I think also we can, we can practice. You know? like we can work on listening better. We can making a, a better approach on how to be present with people which is not always easy. You know, we're very busy. Our minds are crazy. Our minds go from place to place and think about what I have to do later or what I have to do <laughs> in a, at another day or with this other person. But really trying to be present to the person who's in front of us is not, is not the easiest thing. But it makes a difference, I think. One of the things that we speak about on this podcast or trying to during this season is that God speaks through people. Our encounters with people is one way that God speaks to us and changes us and kind of transforms us and helps us to continue on this journey of faith. I don't know if you can think of a of a time, I don't know, that Father John perhaps really was the presence of God, that maybe you were going in the wrong direction, or maybe you were struggling in a certain way, and then just his presence or his advice or something that he did or didn't do, or I don't know if you can, I know this is putting you on the spot, but I don't know if there's a, a moment that you can remember. Well, returning to his presence to my family, I think that was, that was so crucial for me at that point in my initial formation, my discernment. Because um, as the eldest son, I felt a certain sense of responsibility to, to be close to my family, to, to care for them, and to be present to them. And then all of a sudden, I received this, this call from God to become de facto a missionary, to go to another country for a long period of time. And so I felt, I felt a great amount of, of tension and um, felt... It was, it was a very tumultuous time in my life, but seeing Father John Quintino come to my family's house and develop a relationship with my parents and even reach out to my, I grew up with my great-grandfather as well, to reach out to him, to, to speak to him a little bit in Italian and to make him feel at ease because you know, for a lot of older Italians, seeing a priest is like seeing the Grim Reaper. And so Father <laughs> the John, end is near. <laughs> yeah, so, so Father John really made, put him at ease with his sense of humor, with ability to speak a little bit of Italian with him. And so that, that to me was God communicating to me, don't worry, just respond to my call and your family will be taken care of. Whether it's Father John there or whether it's another Salesian, there are, there are always going to be people praying for your family and perhaps even reaching out to them, talking to them. Uh, so that, that was very helpful to me and I, and I uh, am forever grateful for that. Imagine that would be really difficult, right? I think especially that you described that older, like being the oldest son. I think a lot of our young people feel like that, right? They're making the decision to go away to school, to follow that, that calling that they're having, and then to respond in some way. But that when there's a connection to something more, right? I think especially to a community, how much that then eases that anxiety, right? Or eases that, that difficulty of, I have to make a choice here. Yeah. And then, you know, just speaking from a presence, uh, an, a situation that I had just yesterday. You know, we have an, an elder comfort in our community in, in New Rochelle, who's in the nursing home. And, uh, you know, he's at, he's at the moment of his life now. His brother Charlie, that he can't speak. He really has, he can't move. He can't eat. You know, he's just there. Uh, he can open his, up his eyes and he can follow with his eyes. Uh, but I just went there with another comfort and, and all we could do was be present. <laughs> and it was really hard you want to have a conversation, you want to do things, you want to, but there's just, he can do nothing. And so just to be there present, uh, I don't know, this idea of like wasting time or, because I think in a lot of our times, in a lot of our situations, 
you know, maybe Father John had other things that he could have been doing, no? But then to really give the, the time with your family, to give the time to the dog, to give the time to, <laughs> to whoever, right, is really making a conscious choice. I really saw that yesterday is we don't really receive. When I went to this nursing home, like there was nothing that I could do, you know, and I just had to be there. And uh, just watching the witness of this other confer who goes to visit him on a regular basis was really beautiful. Just making the conscious effort just to be present. Know, and, and not have not get a lot of reward out of it, not to really accomplish much. It's just trying to make that conscious effort to be be present to the people that were that were sent to our, our community members, the young people that are that were sent to our the staff that we work with, the teachers or wherever we are in the school. Yeah, how really important that is. But what's in, isn't that um I can't remember where again I think we talked about it earlier. But um, uh, Saint John Bosco would say that like wasting time with the young people. I can't remember where. Maybe it's not Saint John Bosco, but. That idea of like just wasting time, just spending time together there to build that relationship, part of like that presence, right? The presence in the playground, those things together, that could be this educational moment, but yeah. also building relationship to build trust, to then be able to have, I think, like it's meaningful then when you're being taught by this person because they've they've spent time there, they've wasted time with you, however you want to say it. But um, but I do love also that you mentioned the way that. Uh, Father John prayed, like I think, especially the Liturgy of the Hours, or how he, like, brought about the Psalms, right? That so he was singing them. Yes, he he would intone them, uh, and intone uh, them. sometimes he would use very rare, like uh, Gregorian melodies that oh. no one else knew. So a lot of the, a lot of the times he was the only one. <laughs> but I love that. I think that's one of the I say to Father Steve all the time. I'm like, you guys praying all together is is beautiful. Like that is something that I wish. Probably more of our young people saw, like when you guys do the Liturgy of the Hours together, it is so beautiful, like the full voice of maybe, I don't know, I'm, it's a bigger community, so when I, yeah, when we're, I see we're it, 16, so, so, yeah. so it's a full choir of these like big voices, but so beautiful, and that was something that, that stood out, like I, I do, I hope that for a lot of our young people to like go and see the priests that they look up to, like pray, like what a beautiful, I think, witness of faith it is, because it's so easy to sit in mass and to see them like say mass, right? But like in those prayers, I think with liturgy of the hours, they're so they're so beautiful. You guys are really like resting there in that prayer moment. Um, you have to do it, and so when it happens together, I think in that community moment is so so beautiful, so powerful. Amen. So we're actually recording this on Labor Day, and yes. Deacon Brandon has he's part of the cooking crew. <laughs> yes, I have to get some flipping so burgers. He's got to go uh, cook. We have maybe, they say almost 100, uh, 100 people are the Slesian family wow. yeah, coming to Orange for their annual Labor Day barbecue. And uh, Deacon Brandon is an essential part with Father John Nazaro. So, uh, yeah, thanks for your presence. Thanks for the story. And uh, just an opportunity for all of us and an invitation for all of us, those who are listening, to kind of pray, you know, mm -hmm. to pray for the people in our life. God send us many people and to really be grateful for the people that we have coming in and out of our life. Some stay for a long time. Others are, are there just for a short period of time, but really to give thanks for, for those who have helped us in our life and guided us. Today, we really thank God for Father John Patina. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, we'll send this to him. Maybe he has time to listen. Um, <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. yeah. What's, so, the, what's the best advice he's ever given you? I, I can't really think of any, any one phrase or, or any one piece of advice, but I think, I think just as example, just to mention one more thing, his conferences with me on the memoirs of the oratory is, is really what confirmed my vocation because when I saw him reading the story of St. John Bosco, uh, he just read it with, with so much joy and it was almost childlike 
and and I could see that he really loved the, loves the charism and that the charism is so valuable that it was worth me leaving everything behind and going to another country and, and committing my life to it. And I saw the, the difference it made in the lives of the, of the children. So I guess through his example, his, his advice was this charism is something precious. And if you have this vocation, it's worthwhile to embrace it uh, no matter what the cost is. Amen. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to end right there. <laughs> but we always invite our guests to, uh, to kind of pray our way out. So if you don't mind okay. just finishing us off with the, uh, the prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we praise and we thank you for this day of rest. We thank you for sending us the Holy Spirit, for giving us the grace to speak about all the blessings that we received. We thank you for all of the examples of fatherhood and presence that we encounter throughout our lives, especially for that of Father John Pontino. We ask you to bless him. And we ask you to bless us as well and all of our endeavors, especially this podcast. Open the hearts of the listeners to your great love and open their minds to your truth. We make this prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Francis de Sales. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks, Deacon. Right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.